Hello, welcome to Space Bras, the feminist science fiction movie podcast. I'm Kate, and with me is my fabulous fashionista partner in crime for going out on the town with some alien bros or, you know, cutie ladies, uh, Mary Johnston. What's up, girl? <laughs> we assume that, I mean, are these aliens gendered? I think they are. The answer is I, yes. I think that they are. The Just because, like, she, there is a point in which uh, she explains what sex is and it's between a man and a woman. And you know what? I'm going to forgive it all because... Yeah, it was the past. This was in the year of our birth. This was of the past. This is of the past. Um, I was I was born a month before this year, so <laughs> you were too. This was eighty nine. This is oh, we were born in eighty eight. Oh, I thought this was eighty eight. Huh? Well, All right. Well, there you go. Well, I, I could I could be wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong too. Who knows? Um, I assumed it was a summer flick just because it's so fun. Uh, yeah. No, you. it says 88. You're right. This was the year of our birth. Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> it might have also been one of those things where it had like a double release. So it's not, it's not. Like... Yeah, I swear to God somewhere. Okay. Yes. So on Wikipedia, it says 89, but everywhere else it says 88. So whatever. Bizarre. Okay. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. Um... <laughs> All right, well, let's introduce it. Let's just get right into it. So today... Hell yeah! Today, because you pressed on the title, you you already know, spoiler alerts, but we are covering <laughs> Julian Temple and Julie Brown's uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Um, Woohoo! So this is a film from my childhood. I'm pretty sure I saw this on TV. Like, probably it was like on TNT or TBS or one of those T... Channels, yeah. And when I was a kid, a T, a T channel, a T <laughs> channel. Uh, maybe it was a U, maybe it was a USA. I was about to say except USA is also in that category. Is not T. Damn it, USA. Anyway, and um, and I, I I'm a little bit baffled about where I would have seen it because this movie is so weird <laughs> that I don't know. I'm like it definitely yeah. wasn't on Sci-Fi. It probably was a USA because it is so strange. But yeah. Um, I watched it. Sorry. Oh, I watched it, and when and immediately, I was drawn to the aesthetics and the overall tone of the film. It like intrigued me deeply. I was probably like eight or nine when I saw it. Um, I love that. I know, and like so, it's 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 a thing. It's a thing from my childhood that's always been around. And I rewatched it maybe three or four years ago, um, just kind of on a whim. I think it was streaming somewhere. And it was Valentine's Day, and I was like, this is a romantic movie. Let's watch this. And we watched it, and yeah. I was like, this movie is tits. Um, and yeah. I was like, I was, everything I remember about it was the same way. I was like, this movie is way better than it has any business being. Um, yeah. So I suggested we do it for the pod. But, Kate, what's your history with this film? I had no history with this film. Let me just let me just be super upfront. And the title like kind of turned me off. I was like, man, that's so weird. Mary's recommending this movie. Like, but my like my idea was like, I thought it was like, I thought it was like weird silent science, like kind of like about like a sex bot, like woman or something. I don't know. I don't know oh, what I that's... was expecting. The bottom line is I was clearly not expecting a musical romp campy confection <laughs> like at all. So I was so pleasantly pleased. I will say I was raised by a woman who hates Jim Carrey. Like, hates his, like, default yeah, humor my, setting. My mother as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the initial, like, alien space scenes, like, 
were like a little bit less charming to me, but literally everything else, um, amazing. And after their makeover, I even more amazing because, you know, Ugh. I don't understand Sultry their language. Jeff but Goldblum. Ugh. Oh my god, he all of them. Smolders in this movie. Like... Damon Damon Wayans, yes. uh, Jim Carrey as a baby, like a baby. Like well, okay, so mm. this is crazy. So Carrie and Wayans would because mm-hmm. of this basically land their role in In Living Color. So it's like even yeah. before that, they are nobodies. No one gives a yeah. crap about them at well, this and, point. And you can like you can tell like that like Damon Wayans is like a throwaway because they don't show who he is for a while and like he's a mega babe. I mean so is Jim Carrey in this, let's be honest. Uh yeah. so although he's But no one no one beats Jeff Goldblum. No. Like, and and it's so on. funny. It's it's really amazing because normally the Waynes, because they're, bro- you know, the brothers, so, like, they're kind of used to, like, sharing the, the spotlight, so that, like, how yeah. they are famous together. But, like, nobody yeah. plays second banana to Jim Carrey in a movie, generally right. speaking. Right. But it's really fun to watch him be second banana to Jeff Goldblum in this Yeah, no, it's film. really fun. See, honestly, I think that, you know, again, because I was raised by someone who hates Jim Carrey, I do not hate Jim Carrey, all right? I just, like, his well, humor... His, and, his levels of humor, some of them work better for me. You know? Well, you and I are almost too young for it, I think. Like, yeah. Like, you and I were, like, chill, like baby children for, like, Pet Detective. And there was no universe that my mother would ever yeah. have taken me and to see that movie. And the mask and stuff like that. No, exactly. We're, like, exactly. too young. So, like, and so... I, like, like, I think the first movie that he did, like, of our age would have been, like, Liar, Liar. And even that, like, you know, we weren't, like older like we were no. still very young you know no no there still was like i probably my mom was never gonna take me to see that in theaters so we- right it was like a rated r movie or something about you know a man who lies you know? i mean honestly <laughs> our- we're catholic all right i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> honestly our jim carrey is the truman show which is like yeah which is a much and eternal sunshine which is a much softer jim carrey it's like when he started like you know painting and stuff <laughs> like He's not. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So, but I do, I find that him as not being the primary comedian, but the secondary, much more into it. You know, much, much more, more charmed it. by the way he's right. able to make weird sounds with his mouth. And oh I mean, God. and I don't mean the times where like they are playing another sound as though he's saying it. I mean, like, literally when he like is repeating these things that the Valley Just, Girls are saying to him, you're like, how does your mouth move like that? Like, yeah, what I think are you he, doing? I think he swallowed a tiny synthesizer is like my theory. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just wild. Oh, so let's, yeah. let's touch on the plot because although this yes, was like yes, yes. a thing that I'm like, a staple. Everyone's seen this ever. Like apparently, clearly not very many at least, people. At least your other half on yeah. this is yeah. uh, well. No, totally Andrew had never ignorant, seen it. So. Like I mean, it was never. like my brother and I might be like like of like a small portion of the population that saw this movie. Um, so <laughs> it is, or or I'm a small portion that didn't see it. But either way, no, go ahead, please. no, it was like a total office flop. Like it didn't. It's 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 not well known. <laughs> So the basic plot is that uh, Valerie, our hero, played by the mm-hmm. luminous Gina Davis, is a manicure- Make a babe. Oh, is and in especially in this role, Jesus mm-hmm. is a manicurist in the valley who's heartbroken when she finds out her, her fiance is a cheater, and while sunbathing her cares away and around her fabulous swimming pool, a UFO crashes into the pool, and three furry aliens climb out, and hijinks ensues. 
So mm-hmm. this film is made, and I did not even really like connect this until I started digging into it for the podcast. Because to me, this is movies all about Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis and their their love that was too pure to last uh, a lifetime. Oh, no, it really is. I I I'm, I watched this movie multiple times, but the third viewing, I kind of just focused on all the times Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis, like from like his makeover on, like just the way that like. The way he, like, looks at her and pays attention to her. It's yeah. all just... Their chemistry is wild. It's so good. It's... it's Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's natural because they're they're married at this point, right? So yes, it's like... Yes. They've already... They've been in love for a while at this point because they fell in love, like, a couple years before they ever got married on another show. Another movie. Transylvania something. Anyway, it was another B movie. Right. Hello. They've only yeah. made... They've only made three movies together. Um, They've made... Um, I was looking. I was trying the to fly. find the title. They've made the fly together. <laughs> They've made this movie together, um, and they made uh, Transylvania six five thousand. Yes, um, which one. I have attempted to watch, and despite the fact that it has lots of people I like in it and is a subject matter that you think I would be like way into, I'm all about that Elvira life. I yeah. cannot get through it. Um, really, it is. I thought you were gonna say you couldn't find it, oh, but that no. is disappointing to hear. No, I think it's like one of those films that like nobody cares about to the point that it's just like streaming on YouTube. Like, it's yeah, like, and like and like the editor didn't care clearly either because it's yeah, not it's like Mar- it's like Mariah Carey's glitter. Like, it's just there for the taking. No one cares. Um, but. Well, well, fans, let me just tell you, we're probably not going to do that movie. That's what I'm hearing. Also, not, so. in, not in our wheelhouse. It's like sort of like a sort of like a young Frankenstein, but much dumber. yeah, like more more <laughs> horror ish than yeah. just sci fi esque. Yeah, but the person who made this, so this is this is sort of a the the cohesive um, brain meld between Julian Temple, who is a British dude who loves music videos, mostly has worked in music videos, which I think you can see in this. Um, but oh, also, of course. But also made this movie, which if you have not seen it, it's called Absolute Beginners. It's about, uh, ca- it's a musical about capitalism and race- racial tension um, in 1950s, but through the lens of 1980s London. And it features David Bowie as like, a Ronald Reagan salesman. It is a wild film. And it's Oh my god. It's I I need to watch this. Wild. And the sets like looking at Earth Girls are easy, I would say that this is like a toned down version of like what they did in that movie. Like the sets are Ooh. It's like everything shot in an airplane hangar just full of like enormous <laughs> practical effect sets. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. wild. It's wild. That's awesome. Um and very worth your time. And then Julie Brown, which most people will know as Ms. Stoger from Clueless, was um just st- was starting out. She was a comedian. Um, and sort of like a novelty singer. She did this whole parody album um, called Goddess in the Process, which made fun of popular 80s songs, and she kind of has this, like, valley girl aesthetic. And she was basically plucked from obscurity to stardom by Lil- no none such other than Lily Tomlin, who saw her and was Ooh. like, this girl makes me laugh. I'm going to put her on my show. I'm going to make her... I'm going to put her in The Incredible Shrinking Woman, and she's going to be a star. And she kind of... She, which is amazing. So Yeah, that's amazing. So her, even though she is not like she so this is her film too, because a lot of the um a lot of the aesthetics and a lot of her songs are just kind of woven into the story. Um yeah. so I think that they like met, like from what I understand, they like met and 
and were working on this film and just like kind of like had this like creative mind meld. And this is what came out, which is this. I love it. This this amazing, wacky, beautiful piece of art that, um, yeah, I don't. So (laughs) I'm not like a mega friends fan, but I still remember there was one episode that was all about this play Joey's in. And it seems like it's very serious. But at the very end, he's climbing onto like a spaceship and saying goodbye. And you realize that this is like not the serious like um, streetcar named Desire esque play you thought it was. That's what the end reminded me of. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love this movie. I love, but except the whole time, you know what it is. It's just, it's perfect. It's lovely. Yeah. You know who I else? I was delighted. You know who else loved this? Just a small piece of trivia before we dive all the way in. You know who else oh, loved who? this movie? So Julian who? Temple never, like, like absolute beginners, although it is a, an incredible film, like, nah, didn't make a ton of money. This movie didn't make sure. a ton of money. Like, he's like sure. kind of like a working class, like, artiste you know like he's he works for his money he doesn't have he's not just doing this for fun like this is a joke he works hard for the money yeah so hard for the money anyway and he was talking about how like there was like sort of a low period in his career where he just like wasn't getting gigs it was like kind of the late 90s he was like kind of down and out and he was feeling very depressed and one day out of the blue he received a call and the person said hello i'm michael jackson i would like to tell you all of my favorite parts of earth girls are easy and he was I literally like, wondered if michael like that one of the i think it's the intro song i was like that is so jackson-esque you know what i mean yeah and That's just like told him how like how you know wonderful he thought the film is and how it like really like inspired him so you know the sex scene reminded me of a music video by prince i think oh like, yeah i don't think it was michael jackson but like yeah really totally there's a, there's we'll, a lot. we'll get there but magical yeah, but I think the the main reason I recommended it for the pod is because I feel like it's a classic flying saucer flick that invites the that that presents as something, but then actually what you're in is a story about intergalactic relations. If you were in a land run by like material girls, like that's what it actually is. Yeah, for sure. But it pres- and it and, and it's such a weird like it's like your expectations is like Porky's in space based on the title totally, mm-hmm. and then you fall into this like sci-fi B movie Forbidden Planet, but like the B fifty twos decorated it, yeah movie, and then it has like these weird moments where you're like, oh, there's like some subtle cool stuff going on here. It's very strange. Um, uh, no, I love it. And I, I love that you talk about us being a B-52's aesthetic because, like, it does, it reminds me of, like, if their music was made into a movie, you know? Even though, like, the actual songs and musical numbers are not their style, like, everything else feels that way. I love the pastels when you first go to the um, the salon, like, and you're outside of it. It's It very much is what I would want painted as my as a world that I would create a world to dive into so it was so pretty to see that like reflected on screen and the femininity of it it was really magical yeah so I mean we have to talk we ha- I, I love everything about the way this movie looks and feels you know there are moments where you see stuff as a adult and you're like oh something just clicked into place as to why I am the person that I am um, yeah you know and this is kind of a movie like that for me Honestly, um, I thought about your art a lot yeah, when I was watching like it's, it. Like, 
and yeah. it, and it's it's cool because it's uh so it's it's definitely camp aesthetic, right? Uh-huh. Like it's like a John Waters mixed with Barbarella and then shined up a little bit for the West Coast. So it's not like yeah. gritty like John Waters and it's not No, it's it's shiny and like it's not like brown tones like Barbarella cuz it's more modern than that, but like yeah. it's, it has that feel and it's this like maximalist campy style which is just yeah. very meaningful to me personally. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. So I did like kind of a deep dive on this, um, I, you know, as a person who enjoys camp things and considers myself a camp artist and a kitsch artist, although they yeah. are, they are different, but they are, <laughs> they're like, they're, they're related. They're related. They're like step cousins to each other. Um, yeah. I, I kind of did this deep dive um, into what camp means. So um, there's uh, a American writer, Susan Sontag who wrote this essay, uh, Notes on Camp. This is like in the teeth of the 60s. So it's like still kind of figuring out. And she identifies that the key elements of camp are artifice, artifice, frivolity, Mm -hmm. naivety, middle-class pretentiousness that is like lampooned and and quote unquote shocking excess. And I feel like, I I was like, oh yeah, that's totally what it is. Like you have these sort of worlds where it's like everything is just like a little bit too much. Sure. And it's, it, it's hyper. Everything's like hyper um, whatever it is supposed to be. Yeah. And you have these characters that don't quite fit in. In Like the world is built for them, but they are they are extra in some way. They have like some sort of like even in a John Waters film, like Divine has sort of this like d- line she walks where she's like she's like dirty and like Baltimore enough to like live in a John Waters world. But she has these like sweet moments of like naivety. And I was like, that is that is what it is, where you've got like these characters that are that are trying to make it in a world where like there's sort of like um there's like a gentle class war going on. Like that's like kind yeah. of like the snobs and the people who are always kind of like bearing down generally are like the middle class pretentiousness. And then you well, have and this... Ted super embodies that like yes. very well in this film. One hundred percent. And then you have like Or this... Ken Dolls, I'd like for us to call him in the future. <laughs> he totally but... is. Um, he is. He totally right, is. Uh, but then you have this like frivolous, naive character who's just like so much more powerful than them and you like see them triumph over that mm-hmm. person. Yeah, and I think... no, and Gina Davis's character, Valerie, is, like, that. that's why I don't mind her definition of sex, because she, she seems so naive. to be naive. Yeah, yeah she's she seems... supposed to be, like, the most naive. She seems so naive, but also so, like, she can throw, like, she's naive, but also she can, like, throw out, like, amazing one-liners, like, when she's talking to Candy about the aliens, and someone, like, looks at her really weird. She's like, don't mind me, I'm on drugs. <laughs> like, I love Yeah, yeah I no, love she's that great. <laughs> But well, but also, like, she's able to inhabit her power. Like, I love when they have her um, dress up as, like, a sex vixen, you know? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And In the mirror. And this whole persona she's able... Yeah, it's amazing. That it's mirror, amazing. That whole mirror scene where then she's, like, she goes from being, like, like, like a Marilyn Monroe to, like, a bodybuilder. Like, it's yeah. so good. It's just so, so good. good. But... So good. I feel like, you know... This this style is really is really special and something that I think that um, a podcast like ours should celebrate because camp is basically a response by artists who are mm-hmm. held at the at the you know kind of away at the edge of mainstream art for some right. reason. 
usually because they're women or they're gay or they're black or they're not. Usually because they don't fit into the um, particular normativeness that, like, we're told an artist should and had to be. And it's also why we dismiss kitsch and camp, like, and I don't say we as in you and I, Mary, I mean, like, societally, we undervalue it because it's, we don't consider it to be, like, serious enough, even though it very much is telling its own story and it's doing it beautifully. Well, and it also, like, right, like, why, what is it violating? It's violating, like, a traditionally white male um, dominated professions of art and fashion Absolutely. and music and like just anything anything artistic and you have these people that like gatekeep that and they are so desperate to maintain that um that like level of importance and keep people who threaten their own personal perspective at bay that uh-huh. They basically become like the arbiters of good taste and importance so of course oh, they're yeah. going to push these these this way of telling stories down and say that it's bad taste but really all this is saying is who is the arbiter of good taste who is the person who is it's it's a celebration of non-standard like non-standard socially acceptable white man approved beauty and that is something that i can so fully get behind i can't even tell you no, it's so powerful. And you're absolutely right. And we see this in so many ways and so many other other ways throughout society and the way that like, if you're naming pioneers, and and I don't mean like, literally, I mean, people who are revolutionaries in their own time. Uh, when my coworkers, kind, sweet boy that he is, literally just could not think of any women. And it was just like, oh, man. you want to know why? Because like the history books are prioritizing who, like, the book writers want. Like, we we push down other art because it threatens. We want to preserve hegemony. And by we, I mean not we. We are we are here because we want to create a space where we celebrate um, all of it. The messy parts, the kitschy parts, the campy parts, the the beauty, the excess, the the bizarre, you know? Welcome welcome to our podcast. <laughs> That's right. Well, and yeah. and of and of course there are many people who don't. Like this is just one way to tell outsider stories and and to like but what I love so much about camp is it's so like it like thumbs its nose at 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 the gatekeepers so strongly. Of course. And it and it's just like so like joyful and goofy yes. and it just like doesn't it just like doesn't care. It it, it insists on being looked at. It's not concerned with minimalism or like trying to appear like please take me seriously they're like please don't take me seriously yes it's satire it's it's beautiful it's so gorgeous satire it's Mm -hmm. so fun if we were french we would call it we would be like this is the modern farce but (laughs) no for sure so of course uh this movie had definitely got mixed reviews when it came out. I t- ten, and critics tend to like it better than audiences did, who just showed up and were like, "What is this thing?" Yeah. Um, but the reviewers that didn't like it were just like, "It's like a bloated music video. You don't need the narrative. Like, just like the songs are fun, but like otherwise, meh. Um I kind of love the narrative. Like, there's not a lot of narrative. No. Let's be honest, but like, I do love what the narrative does. I don't know if um. This can we can we talk a little bit about like the can I talk a little bit about Valerie? Yeah, and go her for it. Is this an okay place? Yeah, go for um, it. So Valerie is this incredible, amazing, gorgeous woman who she she's a, a salon um, 
hairstylist. She does nails. Um, she's supposed to go to a cuticle expose or maybe it's a convention. Uh, so, you know, we're she's not supposed expo. to take her. Yeah we're, not, we're, yeah. yeah, we're not supposed to take her like the most seriously in terms of like brainiac status. But that's what's fun about her is that she's like kind and fun and whatever. And she's married to a Ken doll, not married, engaged to a Ken doll jackass who's cheating on her. And I just love there's this moment where she keeps on worrying about this dude who's treated her so badly. Like there's a point in which we're doing a flashback of all these moments where they're supposed to be like happy moments. And they're all like, she does something that pisses Ted off. And he's such an asshole. Like she's a cheerleader and prevents him from like making a catch. And he's like, damn it. She like tries to smile next to him. And like he ends up knocking over his girl and then himself into the pool. I was like, damn it. It's just like, this guy sucks and so there's this moment where her you know best friend candy is like you keep on worrying about how to make ted happy but like how do you make valerie happy and i love that the narrative is literally valerie stop worrying about this jerk and start worrying about what you want like it's that valerie figuring out what's gonna make her happy is like the, yeah the, the ultimate story so in that and so way- it's it's a small narrative but I think it's a powerful one. I think it's an important one. And I even think that the music, so like the music video parts don't work without the narrative because they're Mm -hmm. satirical. So at face value. They're satirical, exactly. At face value, I think you would think that they were satirical, um, but they don't, they're not quite as powerful. You're like, haha, ladies, like, like brand new girl. You're like, haha, the beauty industry is kind of messed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, you. The, your problem is you don't look like me. I like yeah. that line. <laughs> oh, and I think Brand New Girl is. I don't know because I also really love. I also used to. I also really love. I used to worship the ground you walked on. Like those mm-hmm. two are like the best. I I can kind of take or leave because I'm blonde. It is a Julie Brown. Because I'm blonde, I I yeah, I'm less into. But I do think it's a funny song in terms of the fact that it's clearly a satire. Like you know. Yes obviously the, what what's funny about it is it is so clearly exaggerated that like you're not supposed to be like oh, obviously blondes are all dumb it's like guys well and it's what? a julie brown song like that's from yeah. her album so i and that it was, makes sense and why it, it made it so in, in it was kind of stuck in last minute you know yeah so it's, like, it's clearly uh, shoehorned in it's literally yeah, only plot wise there because we also have um Whitlock and Zebo there, you know, like yeah. kind of as like extras, you know, that's the only reason why it's in the, f- but whatever, it's fine. Yeah, but I think it's kind of a, a weaker version of Brand New Girl, where it's like basically getting around to the idea that like looks are all that matters, but we see that fail these women so often. Like, yes. Like, like, like Valerie becomes a blonde and it doesn't work. She says becomes that Becomes a blue-eyed blonde who looks super like, you know, playboy, like centerfold, you know, whatever. And it so fails her. It does not do anything she wants it to do, you know? Yeah. So I think the, the connect, like, I get it, but like the connection is so weak there because it's like so later on in the film, you're just like, what the fuck? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, totally. But totally. Brand New Girl is like an awesome, like, is visually awesome. And I feel like it's visually awesome. I love the like the gravel massage that, uh, oh, yeah. the, that we see that this woman's <laughs> receiving. Like, so this one, like, they call it cut a butch, which also I like because. A butch. Um, <laughs> 
Yes, so good. Thank you. Um, but a, a gravel massage instead of like a stone massage, and they're literally rubbing gravel onto this woman. <laughs> I'm just like, and she looks so miserable. What a miserable woman! I like it's that. So it, good. I like that it simultaneously makes it clear. So it lampoons the idea that all men want are novelty, right? Like it's the yeah. reason this is happening is because Valerie would like to have an active sex life with Ted. And he has because sex this with her. guy's gaslighting the hell out of her and saying he just doesn't into it. They haven't had sex in two weeks, but that's because he's like he is having sex with other people. <laughs> he's cheating on her. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I like also what Candy's because Candy is right. She says yeah. like Valerie says like what do I need to do? And she's like you need to become a brand new person. Like you need to like give him this illusion of novelty. So she's right. Like it's she's not, right. That's that's what he wants that's because what he, wants. he even says he's not turned on by her um, to all of his friends. And they were like impotent sucks. He's like if I were any more impotent, I'd kill people or something stupid like that. I did I like that all of guy. his friends were like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I just, every <laughs> all the men just laugh at him. The gin is just like whatever Ted. Um, yeah. But so, you know, and I also like, so like we have that element definitely of this, which is like making fun of the, the idea. And then you also have the connective tissue where it's like, um, this is painful. Like there are like the gravel massage, like, yeah. like things that women do to make themselves look a certain way explicitly for men hurt. Like it's not. It's not yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, they're not good for you. It's not, like, fun. It's just trying to, like, fit into a role by, like, exposing yourself to things that no one should have to expose themselves to. Like, you know. Yeah. But I do think it celebrates... So it's a scene... So most of this movie is about women. Like, most... Like, yeah. if you see this movie, you would think that the valley is, like, 80% women. I would say. Like, most totally. of it, like, women are on stage. Well, and I, I love the dance club scene because it's literally, like, maybe <laughs> there are five guys in it. Yeah, it's a dance club. It's like, all ladies. Yeah, like the, like, the aliens are so popular because they're some of the few men that are there. Yeah, <laughs> there's, like, no other dudes there. Of no. course they're popular. There's, yeah. like, I think we see, like, two other guys, maybe. Yeah. Well, at one point, we see, like, some guys are about to beat up another guy, but, like, that's for, like, a second on the screen. And like, it well, and then they dance doesn't it out. Really, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, dance yeah. it out. Um, <laughs> you know, like you do when you're uh, in sure. West Side Story and/or apparently uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. So, <laughs> um, but I liked it at the end. So she, so she goes through this. She, she, she becomes a blonde, but we don't see that at the end of of Brand New Girl. Like at the end, no, yeah, she, she she's still wearing like a hair, uh, you know, she's wearing like her like her like um, die cap and then a smock, and she just looks like so thrilled, and it's just like all these women's like crazy nails are like framing her face, and to me it felt like it was sort of so the out the idea is that you change so that you give men a sense of novelty, but the real joy of it for women is like the process of reinvention not the output she's not like yeah it's taking time for yourself like the yeah. like that's the fun thing and being about with other women being with other women like putting lotion on your body like taking care of yourself and feeling good about it like having other people like make you feel good about things like that is all very empowering like it's why I hate it. I've always hated it, and it's less of a thing now, but, like, men used to be like, oh, why are you putting on makeup? Like, it's vanity. And, like, also, like, dude, get in your lane. Like, you know, yeah. go to hell. I can do whatever yeah. I want. But also, like, there is something fun and powerful if, like, I am with my friends or if I'm painting my face because I want to see what it can look like. Like, that... 
that can be for me. Like, this can just be a thing I'm doing. Yeah, it it, it kind of, like, it, and even more so than I think, it's, like, way nuanced. Like, I'm very impressed with the, the nuance of it being, like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. Like, like women yeah. have, women get the short end of the stick. Like, it absolutely acknowledges that. It absolutely acknowledges that it's a painful process, but it also gets around to kind of the idea that, like, this is something that is put on women, and women have, like, made this something that is better we've, for them. We found a way to yeah. make it empowering. <laughs> Which is, like, yeah. really nuanced. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like, you know, like, Teen Vogue can't even, like, manage to do that. If, yeah, like you know, like they even struggle with that. Or people talk about like the fashion industry. Like you'll be like, oh, is the fa- is fashion feminist? And people will be like, ooh, oh god, ooh. and like this goofy, <laughs> this goofy ass movie can like pull is able that to walk that line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and in a like a fantastic dance number in a salon, which I do need to say is called Curl Up and Die, which is amazing. Love that. Oh, <laughs> my God. How did I miss that? That is the best name for any salon ever. I'm done. I'm sorry. That's so good. Um, Guys. <laughs> I also really love that Gina Davis, it's not a permanent trend. Like, she doesn't permanently dye her hair. She has, no, like... No, she, like, has it dyed and then immediately is back to, like, her Or maybe it's a brown hair. I That's don't... something I wondered, but like I don't think it's supposed to have been a wig. But I like, don't know. yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, Gina Davis looks like a fox in everything she does in this film. It's it's great, you know. It also. I'm sorry that <laughs> it also has, and this is like by far my favorite musical number. So I think like we can spend some like this is my last thing about it. But I like that it shows that that's the process of makeover. Be have a makeover for a woman, which is very centered on humor and just kind of like like wild looks and like all these women who are like living out loud and then well and i do love like all the nails you see like just um drumming on tables just beautiful giant long ridiculous nails anyway yes and those two dancers who are like i don't it's just like fabulous yes but then you have you like contrast that with later on the makeover scene for men which is like very much like the female female gaze like yes so women's makeovers are like a space for women to be the people that they want to be and then men males men's makeovers are so that women think they're hot. And, like, that inversion... Yes. They're like, wow, they look good. And, like, when she sees Jeff Goldblum, he's like, good? And she's like, very good. <laughs> or maybe she says very, very good. Anyway, yeah. it's just... Yeah, like, it's like an inversion of, like, how that's supposed to be. Yes. It's very fun. But I also, it's like... It's very fun. But I also, like, so after she, after she tries to surprise Ted by being a blonde, and he's brought a woman, another woman home... And she gets furious and throws sushi at him, which is, like, my favorite. I love the sound the sushi makes when it smacks the walls. Yes! <laughs> Although I would like to say I personally would just eat that sushi, but I get it. I love, I honestly love how much she trashes the house and also how, because it's a campy, lovely movie, it's not actually trash later. You know what I mean? No, like, no, of course she, not. <laughs> yeah. and, like the, and, like, I love, so it's, like, a classic. Like, she looks beautiful in this scene and, like, just soft. And she's just, like, wandering around her house, like, the most inventive ways of destroying something, like rolling a bowling ball on yes, a pair of skis into the a skis onto the computer. And later on, he's like, they said the Commodore could withstand anything, which is a pretty funny it's throwaway line. Just the so best, good. the best, like the moment she sticks Ted's football in the microwave and walks uh-huh. away while it like it explodes. explodes in the background. I, I, just, like, I was like, I made a note that I was like, 
football explodes yeah. on microwave, well, and it's apparently. Also like, that's how everyone wants to feel in a breakup. Oh, my God. Yes, that satisfaction. Everything she does, like, is actually destructive in a beautiful, like, glamorous, giant, you know, way. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I also, I mean, I think that it shows that Valerie has a lot more edge than we would give her credit for on the surface. Oh, and power. Just, like, instead of just, like... Later, like she spends too much th- time thinking about Ted, and 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 I think that there's a plot reason for that, and that being like, you know, she's supposed to be kind of naive, and it's supposed to leave us suspended until the very end. You know, I mean, like whatever. But I mean, in that moment, just like her decisiveness and her like, nah, this dude sucks is pretty great. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm so here for it. Revenge yeah. montage just for forever. Yeah, and I think like the the overall. Um... The overall aesthetics of the music videos, of course, allow us to make the jump where you're like, this is satirical. Like, it just, like, strengthens that message. Mm-hmm. But I think it also primes us to see them as, mess- like, vehicles to point out absurdities in mainstream social structures. Like, I think Worship the Ground is about, like, t- traditional white picket fences and things like that. That is, like, not, that's a lie. Like, you don't. Those things right. don't actually pan out. And well, Brand- and even like even the memories she has, like there are a lot of memories of him just being kind of a jackass after she's made a mistake. Like yeah. they're not even like memories of like, you were so great. It's like I still loved you in spite of the fact that you kind of have always been a jerk. Well, and it's even, I almost like, yeah, I loved those scenes too, because so the two that she has that it, during that flashback are when she, um, she like is at a pool party, she's by their pool and she like comes in to like snuggle with him to, for a picture and she accidentally knocks the grill that he's using into the the pool and he's like, yeah, you can he see him. He freaks out and then falls into the pool too with all the worth, floating like charcoal pieces. Amazing. Worth it. Worth it. And then um, it goes back to when they're in high school, one assumes, or maybe college, although I don't think any of these people are old I enough. Assumed, yeah, I assumed uh, high school for sure. Yeah. But uh, when she's about to nuke the football um, and he's like, she's like a cheerleader and she like, I don't even know how this happens, but like she kind of like gets in his way and he like falls over. And I saw those as moments where it's just clear like that, like. Ted is Ted is the middle class like preposterous figure in this who takes yes. himself very seriously and his masculin- very seriously and specifically his masculinity so seriously and Valerie oh my god when he goes into the bathroom the first time and like he um like when he first comes home and she's been waiting for him all night before he knows he has the hickey on his shoulder like on his neck he like does like this kind of flex and like pumping like his muscles into the mirror like it is it's very Patrick Bateman yes but it's also such like my masculinity is my favorite thing about me yes which later on is contrasted with like when uh Z-Bop and Whiplo are have stolen a car and are driving it the wrong way down the interstate in a horrifying scene and um Whiplock. Whiplock. Whiplock is hanging out of the window of the car and says in like the alien language, I'm such a macho man. Like being macho is associated with being ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. This definitely this definitely is like Valerie's world, and it's clear that just her being around Ted undermines his masculinity to a point where he flips out. 
And yeah. you know in that moment that, like, th- that's, like, one of the first, I think, real, like, like signs where you're like, there is something more going on here. Like, that, that it's such, like, it's traditional masculine pursuits, playing football, grilling burgers. Yeah. And, like, she just interferes with that. And the fact that he can't handle it, you're like, these people are not meant to be together. And oh al- my god, this and guy's also, a jerk. And also, Valerie is like is not is not like the the gentle, placid woman that one might think she is just by looking at her. Yeah, um, by what she tries to project out. She tries to project out something that would fit with Ted, but it's not who she is. Yeah. So what I love about this movie is so the kind of like calling back to the style which i think is so pervasive in this that like it, it it will drag it the whole way through but like yeah of course you know um it's so much the dna of the film it's yeah. hard not to talk about it's hard so like n- almost nothing in the natural world is camp it's like part of its charm is that it's all like man-made materials like plastic is camp a wo- woven straw is not like those are yes. the, the things i mean then there yeah. there there is bleed over but like generally speaking it's really hard to make like a natural scene feel camp whereas a for like, sure like yeah like a like a, a a couch that you've laminated to protect it against stains is very camp um yes. so i like but and part of what's like fun about that is that it kind of creates this like doll it's very artificial like it's like a dollhouse aesthetic um mm-hmm. I would argue that Wes Anderson plays with this quite a bit too, where you have like, oh these for little, sure like, figures moving around. But yeah, with Wes Anderson, we treat it more seriously. We talk about it as like mise en scene, like everything in the shot. But like that's what's special about camp is like the attention to detail. Like yeah, that's all he's doing argue... is attention to detail with like a different filter. But like, um, and I mean literally lens filter. I mean d- literally color grading. You know, like this is also high attention to detail. And maybe, maybe one of these days, Wes Anderson will make a, a film that cares at all about women. And oh my God, what a thought! <laughs> what a thought! Maybe it'll Guys, be. Guys, I really like Wes Anderson, but like, can... let's be real. I mean, yes, his films are beautiful space. to look at, but he does They're not care about women. Um, he also doesn't really get women. Like, um, yeah, Star I don't think he... which I really liked, and you know, then the mom just disappears after saying to be continued, and we never see her. It's. Uh, Anyway, it's weird. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't think he's like malicious against women. I just think no. that he doesn't know what to do with them. Um, yeah. <laughs> which. OK. But so whereas like that's like his aesthetic right in this mm-hmm. movie, we don't just have sort of like, um, you know, uh, constipated looking little dolls f- hopping around. They've used sure. they've used the dollhouse aesthetic to allow us to believe certain things about how this universe works, that allows us to relate and understand Valerie and Candy so much more. Like, Candy owns the curl up and die. That's explicit, and we believe yeah. that someone gave her a business loan to own the curl up and die in this world. Yeah. That's believable, and we also believe that Valerie, a woman who like. <laughs> thinks pop tarts are natural. Um, oh my god! Yeah, the, the organic pop tarts or something. Anyway, right? Yeah, well, can like save herself, and, and and you're not, you're basically not allowed in this universe to just write them off as two airheads. It like yeah, it, it will not. It strictly will not allow you just because of how the universe is constructed. Um, and instead, I tried to. I found myself comparing the two of them to. Uh, to, to sort of like an Abby and Alana from Broad City duo, 
where you no, have they, they really kind of are right they're like a classic they're like classic gal pals like Valerie is probably like a little bit like more like, like Valerie probably got better grades in school like she probably like cares more about like appearing smart I think that Valerie is probably like book smarter but definitely more naive than Candy and yeah. Candy is wild and like carefree but also like a much more emotionally intelligent and like sweet to Valerie in a way that is unexpected. Like a good friend. Like yeah. she's a solidly good friend. And she's never wrong. Like she absolutely has like Ted nailed as a person. She absolutely understands what Valerie Valerie's problem is and tells her yeah. in a way in with love and also candor. Like it's very kind. They're very kind and good friends to each other. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. I almost I almost wanted Candy to go with them at the end, but I get I why that didn't happen because like she wasn't even though <laughs> Whiplock spent the rest of the movie looking for her and everyone thought that he meant literal candy, um, you know, it's it they didn't they weren't able to make that connection and the two women couldn't go off in the sunset together. Which is what I always want, but see la vie. Well, and it's funny you mention that because I also think Valerie reminds me a lot of uh, Gina Davis's character in Thelma and Louise, and she has said yes. that she drew on this character for that role. Um, well, that, and like, and that's yeah. why I was like, right off in the sunset. I literally mean like also over a cliff. So I was also thinking that I'm yeah. glad we're on the same page. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Candy also can't abandon the curl up and die because it's like a man repeller fever dream. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It literally is. I love that description. I mean, it is because it's it's like very, it's very wild looks. All the women look mm-hmm. stunning, and it's and it's like it's like a make it fashion, like a gravel scrub, but make it fashion. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not. It's beauty that's for other women, kind of like it's yep. like the women look beautiful and they look sexy, but like it's it's stuff that like women are like, oh my god, I want to wear that. Like, it's not... Yeah. I don't think it's meant to be titillating to the male gaze. No, for sure. I think it's definitely not supposed to be. Yeah. I think that, like, they're mega babes, but that is besides the point. I think that's kind of the fun and the humor of uh, of including things like gravel scrubs. This isn't... This isn't supposed to be pro-male gaze. I Maybe the scenes where Gina Davis is in, in her bikini. swimsuit. Uh-huh. Yes. I would agree. And maybe that's part of why, like, those are not my favorite parts of the movie, you know? Um, But I don't think that that's, like, necessarily, like, a problem. It's just that I could could take or leave that. I could not take most of the movie. I could take hardcore all the time. But, you know. Yeah. I think those moments only work because it's Gina Davis. And Gina Davis has sort of, like this cool beauty that's a little bit androgynous at the same time. Like, she has, like, kind of that square yeah, jaw. Yeah, she doesn't have giant tits, you She's know, obviously, like, like, when you look at her, you can tell she's intelligent. Like, she has, like, she has, like, a lot, a lot of, like, spark behind her eyes. You know, like, she's not, yeah. she's never blank. She's always, like, she's always, like, buzzing. So I feel like those scenes do work, but it's entirely on the basis of the actress. So, yeah. and who knows what the intent was there. But, like, those are definitely, and, and explicitly, because the aliens are, like, creeping on her on her pool. So, like, definitely. Well, it, exactly. It, like, Again, those are why those, that's, gaze. like, kind of the weakest part of the movie to me. But, again, that goes back to the aliens being the spaceship. Like, the second that, like, they're out of it and, like, interacting with her, like, as another fellow creature, I'm fine, you know? 
it's the it's the voyeurism that like at the beginning that I'm less into, but it doesn't make it a bad movie. It's just that's not for me the strongest part. That's you know? so interesting too, because I feel like it's like a transfer of space, like literal space. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when she's in when she's in the the spaceship, they're kind of like perving on her. Once they get out, basically they don't anymore. Like it's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once they get out, they're almost like children that have been, that she's been ha- tasked with, you know? Right. It's like, like, it's like full on, like, it's a like full on, like, splash moment where, like, they're yeah. the fish out of water and she is, like, Tom Hanks being like, oh, God, like, how do I keep them from eating the fish? Like, yeah, ah. no, absolutely. Like, I need absolutely. to teach them how to use a toilet. This is weird. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. but, but what's even funnier is so, like. You kind of, I would have expected, so she's still wearing the swimsuit all through that scene. I would have kind of expected that Woody, who is glorious as Michael McKean, who, by the way, was supposed to play Ted and it just, like, didn't work out. But I can't even imagine what that performance would have been like. No, me either. I love him as Woody. I think he does such <laughs> a good job. He's such a good job. And, like, tr- and the the incredibly named Charles Rocket is amazing as Ted. Um, yeah. So... Uh, but, like, Michael McKean as Woody, he comes and he, like, does not perv on her at all. Like, it's clearly... Never. It's great. It's clearly, like, her space. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why he doesn't. Like, like this world is her space. So seeing her scantily clad in this bikini, you're like, yeah, it's, it's like her home. This is why she's choosing to dress. Which is, yeah. is kind of... Which is, like, a cool... There's a cool moment that you have this, like, shifting perspective... Um, but in general, I would say that, you know, in the in the dollhouse of the alien spaceship, I'm like less into it. But in the dollhouse of the valley that we've created her world, her home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super I'm super into that dollhouse. I want 100 percent. Yeah. 100 percent agreed. Like that. Like, you know, I think those are like those in like the opening credits because opening credits make it seem like it's going to be a movie just about scantily clad books and women like um, for like the first half of them are the only thing where I'm like. I was like, I'm not sure. And then I'm immediately in. I'm immediately in in every way. I w- you oh, know? you mean the animated intro? <laughs> yeah, the very beginning of oh. it starts. Like, and it gets really fun, but like, yeah, there's a no, point when where they're like, chasing, just... when they're chasing that fluffy tailed thing around their ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, so like, I watched, I really actually really like the animated intro. I love how, like, so Jim Carrey is, so like, each character is represented by different like animated sort of sequences, I would say. Mm-hmm. This people, if people see it, they know exactly what I mean. But it's making it sound way more high concept than it is. But like Jim Carrey's, <laughs> Jim Carrey's name shows up when you see like a little version of him like riding in a rocket, which immediately accordions against a planet, which I thought was really funny because it was like such like a demasculating move. It's like yeah. here's his dick, and it just like gets like completely smashed into sure. like this piece of rock, and then. The best is Julie Brown's catsuit wearing avatar who like smashes yes! that tentacled assaulter so with a battle good. Loved that. And yeah. then it kind of like switches over into being just like a celebration of like women. Like it's all like it's a like women's space Like cadets. literally the second Julie Brown's like com- like you know cartoon character appears after that the whole tone feels like it changes. It you know? changes. And it's like and so then it's like. 
Yeah, and then you like have the like, very beginning before you see like the characters, yeah. it is just like floating bucks and women. And by the end, I love that it's like everything's being drawn to the tractor beam of this woman's eyes. Like, yeah, it's this, claiming like, the gaze. This huge giant statue of woman power it's rising amazing. from a Martian landscape. It's wild. It's amazing. It's wild. It's so good. It's love wild. It. I also love, love and I think in a smaller way, so like you have kind of this grandiose view of like space travel and women in space. And then, of course, it like zooms down to Earth and we we zero in on Valerie's life. Um, but even there, I think that all the spaces are owned by women. Candy owns Curl Up and Die. The dance mm-hmm. club is cl- com- completely staffed by women and mostly populated by women. And... Valerie's home, there's like a lot of scenes where Ted keeps calling it his house and everybody, Valerie corrects him and then other people in the scene also correct him and are like, no, this is Val's house. Like, it's not your <laughs> yeah. house, Ted. It's not your yeah. house, Ted. It's fucking Ted. Get out of here, Kendall, Ted. man. You let's cannot, talk, like... Let's talk Ugh. about Ted. Let's just really okay. dig into Ted. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. How'd you feel about let's Ted? Ha- I think Ted is, Ted is like... The mega douche. Like, he is the Kindle mega douche asshole. Like, he comes in, he's cheating on this girl, he's gaslighting her, he's making her feel like, you know, like, Garbage. he's just too yeah. tired. Even, like, yeah, and she's not, like, attractive, he's not into her because, like, he's getting his needs met elsewhere, so he doesn't have any space for her. And, like, even at the end, when he's like, we're gonna get married, we're gonna go to Las Vegas, he wanted surprises, he calls up someone and is like, Oh, yeah, will you take over for me? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm getting married. We can still date. And it's just like, and you already knew that. Like, you already knew he was an asshole. You already knew it better than uh, Valerie does, like, in in the TV world. You're very clear that Ted is a monster. But, like, just getting it confirmed, he's just the freaking worst. And, like, this whole, like, he's a doctor. And he's, like, successful. And he embodies these things that, like, you're supposed to do. Like, there's a moment where... um. You have a uh, Valerie talking to Mac and being like, "Is being a, a, a spaceship driver a good job? Do you do you own your own house or do you rent?" Like, <laughs> hilarious because like she is used to being with like some mega successful jerk, and therefore like it's kind of like, but I mean like, are are you successful? Like, what's happening? You know? But well. And it's funny, too, because, like, I totally Ted. believe that Valerie bought their house. Like, in this world. Oh, sure. In this world. I think she put him through med school. Yeah. I think, you know, like, 100%. I think that she's, like, like, that's why, like, screw you. It's not your house. It's my house. And he's choking my guests, as she says to the cops when they show up because he called them because she obviously was kidnapped because she would have destroyed the home oh, and man. just be out doing something. What a jerk. And those cops immediately believe her. I love, I love how, I like, love it's that a, they're like, ma'am, what's actually happening Mind here? telling us what's it's really so going good. on? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So good. Well, and, and also, like, the fact that, like, she has to, like, rescue Sibo um, and Whiplock from the fact that, like, he finds out they have two heartbeats and is immediately going to, like, dissect them to get on, like, the cover of Time Magazine on Good Morning America. Like, he doesn't care about lives. He only cares about, like, fame and prestige. Like, he is representative of the worst parts of society. Yeah, you know? 100%. And I think what's... He is the ultimate, like... S- overly serious insists that everyone calls him a doctor like he's definitely always trying to pull doctor dude not mr dude (laughs) mr dude that is doctor dude i love he doesn't even correct them on the name doctor dude no (laughs) it's like 
And so he's like this traditional, he wants to be like traditionally respected as like a male authority figure. But the film definitely points out that like, okay, so usually flying saucer movies are about invaders coming to Earth and then threatening our social order. And then we have to kill them or they actually have like some secret knowledge that fits into something magically like what we believe in, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind is like, there's suddenly these peaceful little children. So we're not afraid of them. Like it's like either that or they're like coming down to destroy our monuments and molest our women and interfere with our lives here. Like, yeah, the- it's it's our fear of the other anyway. It's our fear of, like, race and shit yes. like that, that, like, we externalize yes. into an alien force because that is how we treat anyone who's not white um, historically in society. Anyway, yep. But Valerie, and so generally we see this kind of, like, wonderful... So this story subverts that because the aliens are pretty benign, like, across mm-hmm. the board. And oh my god, like, especially once you get them off their spaceship, they're just helpless children, they're just, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, like, very, they're very benign. Um, and even in the spaceship, like, they don't touch her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, no, they're, sure. they're kind of, like, and weird like, and, and horny, and even, but they're not. Even when she, like, thinks that they're being, like, particularly weird, they're mostly just trying to mimic what she does. So, like, when she hides, like, they all hide, you yeah. know? Like, they're trying to pick up social cues from her. So, like, even that isn't, like... Like, she's perceiving as more threatening than it is because she's used to those narratives as well. Right. That's, like, the world she comes from. But I love how even she knows. So, like, Ted wants to cut them open. Like, that's his the first thing. He wants to cut them open. He wants to call time. He wants to be famous. And she even knows that. Like, she talks about how Ted would want to do that. And she has that great line that you look like Wookiees or werewolves and people hate that. They're going to want to shoot you or something or something. So be cool. I love that. No, I love it. I love it. And so it's like, it it. kind of invites us to see this like feminine, softer world of like landing in an average woman's pool. And what are those women going to do to you? They're going to mastermind a way of fixing your situation, which she does. Like, she totally yes. is like, we drain the pool and it does work. She, yeah, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. In the meantime, we're going to drain your pool. We're going to take care of you. We're going to try and get you to blend in yeah, so that you're she, safe. Yeah. She uh, saves. She also saves them from Ted's autopsy. That's her idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. she masterminds the whole situation. She's on all of that. Yeah. And, like, but, and also, but is also consciously acknowledging that, like, she's having this reaction because she is who she is. Other people. It's not like she's naive to the idea that someone would want to gain um, fame or monetary, you know, act like a value from these things. She just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and neither does Candy, even for a second. Like, the two of them are like, like, Candy at first is like, I don't really know if I want to do this. But by the end, it's like, okay, where are we going, guys? I love it. <laughs> we got three hot dudes. We're obviously going out. Like, this is silly. I don't care if they're aliens. Come on. When are we yeah, in this situation? When, when, I, <laughs> yeah, when Valerie's like, are we really going to drive around with a bunch of shaved Martian? She's like, so? They can still be dates. <laughs> yes. I love that. She's she's the sweetest and the best. Also, like... Skipping ahead, but like the very end when she's like, "You can't leave the planet without margaritas." <laughs> I love her. She is so right. Actually, much. what I'm really worried about is I'm like Valerie. I hope you have a lot of nail polish packed. They might not have that where you're going. I I mean I again I so just wish that there had been enough time for Candy to have developed enough of a connection with Whiplock to just go with them because she even said it. She wants to have his baby, guys. All right. Well. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. I think I think that we should just get into the. To yeah, the let's get into the sex. Let's can get into the oh, sex. So can we real, I I know we're first supposed to talk about horny male aliens, but can I talk about horny women for just one? Well, second? that's actually and... what I have. Like this movie presents to be about men's sex drive, and then entirely is about women's sex drive in in delivery, like. Valerie wants yeah. to have the a- the active sex. She wants to have. She wants to have sex with Ted. Like she's he's her he's her honey. He's her boo. She like wants that. Yeah. She's when she's it. even playing out being this other person, and she's like, no, don't do that. Oh, okay. And then she picks up the book, and it's like she's reading a book called How to Drive Men Wild. Like it's not like she's trying to eroticize like non consent. She's just trying so hard to like hit his marks. You know. Yes. She she um, knows that that's actually he wants conquest. She wants pleasure. And like yeah. that is such a and the constant refrain of them being like two weeks when that's like Oh my god, it's amazing. Like yeah. literally when she's it's like upset, between women. like and and this other woman's like, What's her deal? <laughs> like Candy just whispers and something. She's like, Two weeks? Like two weeks without sex? Wild. I love I love that. I love um when they notice like the first sign that Whiplock is an alien that, like, he fully exhibits other than just being weird. And they see his giant tongue, and everyone's like, I want to go home with him. And yeah, Candy women... grabs him. Yes! By the like... mouth! <laughs> but yes! It's amazing. It's she, amazing. Like, grabs, she, like, grabs him with, like, a claw grip and is like, he is going home with me because I need yeah. to get at that tongue. Which is, and like... I, and I just... I love... I I also think it's fine the other two are a bitch. Like, that's just... <laughs> as though they would have been just as mad at each other like it's like it's so it's, good it's yeah so good. and that's kind of the only scene i would say of women competing with each other and it's just no sort that's of the silly. only moment in the entire film and yeah it's it's laughable it's so good i mean like and it's funny because you're just supposed to be like yeah huh cunnilingus like that's like the <laughs> yeah, joke no it's great <laughs> it's so the good. joke is you could probably satisfy women like, i also love how real well pro safe sex the party is with the condom cigarette girl. oh my god the condom yeah and also uh valerie um after you know we'll, we'll, we're about to get there after she has uh some alien sex is like maybe i need five birth control pills <laughs> That is like an amazing. That's really an amazing scene. Yeah, we should we should yeah. talk about Valerie and Max. So they eventually. So she eventually like she, Valerie eventually gives Maybe. in to her attraction to Mac. And yeah, let's all let's all just start real quick with um. There are these there are these incredible scenes where it, it starts very slowly, but it's like this. He's just after like his makeover. You can see he's just like kind of watching her and concerned with how she feels and like everyone else is about to go dance. He's like, you know, should should I dance? And like he meets with her and she's like, yeah, sure, go for it. And then like gets dragged off like with this girl, comes up, repeats some like some line and starts like playing piano. Like she talks about Mr. Wright and how and, and it's this great moment because she's she's talking about like this ridiculous idea that Mr. Wright is this person. And he's going to be there and you're instantly going to fall for him. And, you know, you'd go anywhere and do anything to be with them. She's like you're pretty handsome. I bet you have a girlfriend. He's like, not a Mr. Right girlfriend. <laughs> it's just Aww. the cutest freaking thing. I love it. And then he goes to kiss her in this really romantic moment. And she's just not ready at that moment. And is like, I think I hear Whiplock. So anyway, finally they get home after they've confronted with Ted and he's called the cops. And it's been this moment. And Ted, while being pulled out, is like, the wedding's off. As though she had not already called the wedding off. Like, screw you, bro. You're not the one ending it. She ended it already. 
Yep. And she goes to her room, and he says some words in Alien that, like, you can kind of pick out, like, some English words in there, but, like, well, they're decontextualized. It's because it's all Twin Peaks uh, uh, little person speak, where it's Yeah, yeah, just it's all just played backwards, backwards or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell when they, you can tell when they say from and female, particularly. Yeah. So, so he goes and, like, goes into the room, and... And it's like, you know, what would make Valerie happy, you know? And she's like, I don't think anyone can make me feel good now. And she's like, that could make you feel very, very good. And she's like, I don't know if we could even have sex. I mean, who knows if we are even anatomically compatible? And then looks at him and it's like, oh, oh, no, that's, that that's is not a problem. That is excellent comedic acting on her part. It is so good. She, she does actually... such a good job. And also in a way that's like, I'm resistant, but not in a way that like, I'm not actually resistant to having sex with you. I'm just concerned that you're going to think Earth girls are easy. And he and he I basically like is like, I don't have a concept of that. I don't care. Yeah. I don't know what sex is. I don't know what easy is. I just know, like, what coming together is. And then there's this amazing... He touches her, like, cheek. And it's not like when he does, like, the love touch on people. It's not like, you know, roofing. It's just showing that, like, his touch is, like... It, like, paints, like, uh black light paint on her it's amazing and then you get this beautiful scene it's just incredible incredible mary yeah and i i would say <sighs> i would say I i'd like to say one more time i'm a lesbian but i'm also not uh immune to the charms of tough girl <laughs> she's, like, she's like i'm a lesbian but i ain't black and <laughs> i'm not exactly <laughs> i mean come on um come on come on um yeah she i it's like Gina. Da- I don't think that that scene works unless it's Gina Davis and Gold- Jeff Goldblum because for sure or like It'd other very- other people who have like that much chemistry and inc- and clearly like comfort with each other. But it's yes. just it's like really just like a solid sweet scene, and I love it's how so sweet. And she says the titular line, right? I don't want you to think girls girls are easy because this is the entire idea is that like the film is on the basis that like of like slut shaming, right? Like that that's the yeah. idea that they've come here to have sex with women. And he basically is like he basically is like I don't even know what that is nor do I care what that is. Like does yeah. not care. And it's so it's sort of like it it further like inverts our expectations where you're like, "Oh, like he does not we are not invited at any point." to think that Valerie is a slut because she hooks up with Mac. Or, no, not even a little bit. Or because she tries to seduce Ted or any of it. Like, all of the sexual activity and, and none of them. We don't think any of the women are sluts or ask to think no. that they are. There's no judgment laid on any of these people. For no, their... it's all powerful and consensual and, and great. And, like, I love the way that they visualize sex. It's funny because... <clears throat> Just going back to my own sexuality, like, when I first had sex and then I was like, sex isn't that great. Like, why would we visualize like this? But having now had satisfying sex with people, let me just say, I get it. And it's a beautiful visual. It's so fun and great. It's just, this movie's fun about sex, you know? Yes. Yes. It's fun about sex and from, like, a woman's perspective. It's not just like, big and babes, woo! Yeah. And I think it is sort of fun that, like, you get the sense that these guys, these these aliens, do, like, fundamentally understand what sex is at some level. But, like, they also, like, the other two, the other two, uh, Whiplock and Zebo, like, kind of know that they, like, want women, but they don't really know what to do with them once they have them. Like, for sure. They're like a dog chasing a car. Yeah. Like, yeah. not really totally sure. And, and, like, eager by the idea of women. Like, when, when uh, 
what's his name? Uh, Woody? Yeah. Do, like, makes, like, a like an allusion to women, and they're like, he's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of these, and I don't know what the word he is, uses, but a bunch of whatever's on me. And they're like, ew, whatever's. Damon Wayans is like, ew, ha ha. He's like, girls. And they're like, oh, girls. Oh, girl. and he's like, I can introduce you to girls. And they're like, girls, great. I also, it's kind of like they do it in such a way that they're seen as, again, like childlike, where it's almost kind of sweet when like they come and like knock on the door, like, there's no water in the pool. And then just kind of laugh and run away like children who have just like interrupted something special, you know? I love it. I love it. Yeah. The only, the only places, there are moments, there are moments with Whiplock that I'm like, I'm not on board with this. And it's just, and I honestly think it's mostly because it's Jim Carrey. Like, yeah. Like, he's by far the most, like, sexually aggressive male of the aliens. I, I think Ted yeah. is, like, more, even more so than him. But, like, like he, like, gets right up in women's boobs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, God. Jim yeah, the, the way that he's looking at a woman from, Oof. like, her, her foot all the way up, like... For sure. And that's it's but but the film kind of acknowledges it. And it's such a funny line when they're about to leave. Uh, and Gina Davis, uh, Valerie is not planning on coming with them. And she says goodbye to Zebo and then to Whiplock and is like, I think I'll miss you least of all. And I'm like, yes, me too. I, <laughs> I do know. Well. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so it's so good. Um I mean, just like, just how that final moment, like where, uh, you know, Mac, Ted is about to like call the cops on them and she, Valerie's trying to stop him. And, and it's meant to look like a, a moment of self-sacrifice because like Mac really wants Valerie, but she's already said she's going away and marrying this guy, you know, tonight. And so he says goodbye, Valerie, and like does the love touch on them so that, you know, so the that, two of them will so make up Ted, because she's trying. So that Ted will love Valerie as what I interpret yeah. that to be. Yeah, and and I love that, like, I love the moment where it doesn't work, and she's like, and I love when she says, I want to be with you, and he says, I'm Mr. Right? She goes, yes, <laughs> and, like, it's the sweetest goddamn thing. I love it's very it. very sweet. Um, so what, what's your overall assessment of this film? What is what is it successful at? Uh, I think that this movie is successful at portraying women in a fun and diverse way who own their sexuality without shaming them, without, like, making them secondary in the story, with making them the heroes in a way, like, that uh, in a film in 1988 wouldn't necessarily always be successful at. Um, I like how feminine the movie is and how, like, celebratory it is. I think it's special. I do too. I think that um, the the a sex comedy that does not expect women to be viewed as sluts is something that cannot, but that is important. Like it's not. No, we can't value that enough. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and while I don't think that this is like feminism with a capital F, like you know, no. I, I but think that's it, not what I'm asking for from no, my media in general. Just, it, I, it like dabbles, I'm just asking for at least feminism. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important because it gives us a fun world where you have women that most people would write off as just being total airheads and idiots, and you give them a chance to have an extraordinary experience, and they carry themselves with grace and wit beyond what we normally are told happens during these extraordinary experiences. And I love her excuse for, like, these men being in her home, like when she says, like that, that she won them on MTV, like that <laughs> is some fast thinking and also plausible. And you know, funny. 
And funny. And funny. Like, because he knows it'll bother Ted. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's great. Um, anyway. Of course, of course, I, I, you know, camp, it would be so, it's like impossible to overstate how important, like, the concept of camp is to me as a person. So, like, I also have that incredible bias when I come to this film. But I do think that, like, we need to celebrate this kind of film and we need to bring it forward because ultimately we are, we are celebrating, um, we are celebrating the experience of outsiders and we're not we're not expecting it to be something that is necessarily like important from a tonal standpoint. We're saying like, as an outsider, you don't, you don't have to be serious. Like you to get attention, you can just like bring us into a world of like extreme joy and let your freak flag fly. And that is equally important as something that is, that is more tonally serious. And I think that that's like really important and good. Like we, hell yeah. Like that's worthy yeah. of our time. Um, Agreed. I would say that this movie is for people who want sort of like a great halfway point between Clueless and Heathers um, Mm -hmm. in terms of a film. Um, And this is ultimately like about movie about women who are aren't usually celebrated being in charge and unapologetically doing their thing, which is fun. Also, with some beautiful chemistry between (laughs) two two actors. Also, Um, the most just fun. Also, like. Like Jeff Goldblum just smoldering like coal, like just I don't wild. I don't think he's ever smoldered the way he, he does in this. He film. is never it this is, beautiful again. He's never this beautiful again. This no. is like a rare moment in time. Like you look at stills from the fly, and it's like no, nope. You look at stuff afterwards, it's like no. And like I always thought he was Babe in Jurassic Park, but you look at comparison shots, it's like ah, oh, who's that like weird old guy? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's totally- so hot in this movie. <laughs> I wonder if he pulled from this performance for that role, though. That's like kind of his only other role where like people are like sexy. So I yeah, wonder no. if those those are like but, his two moments. But that shot where like his shirt's like halfway open and that versus like any shot in this, it's like <laughs> your well, weird uncle and, versus like yeah. the mega babe. Yeah, you know? well, and anyway. he's fully shirtless in this, so you know, yes! it's better. Yeah, it's just better. It's better. Um, <laughs> well, I'm so glad you so, liked it. I'm very glad. Me too. Um, me too. Thanks for listening to Space Browse. Head over to Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash space dash bras to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts by the Outrageous Mechanism family. Woohoo! And also find us on social meds. Hell Yeah! Okay, and now, join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of Space Bras. In these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone else might suck, we are awesome, and the galaxy is ours. Cheers! Cheers! Outrageous.